Welcome to this week's Monday meeting. Today is November 11th, 2019. Monday meetings are a chance for motion designers all over the world to connect and ask questions, share inspiration, or hear presentations and interact with industry leading artists on an equal playing field. Today, your host, wow, screwed it up anyway. Today, your host is Liam Clisham, and we're welcoming Julie Kraft and Billy Chicken from Boxfort, as well as a bunch of other people I see in the background, too. Uh, they're from Detroit, Michigan. They're going to talk to us about their collective. Um, and you might know them from this year's half-res titles as well. As always, if you have any questions, please use the raise your hand function located under participants to be called on. Um, if you're unable to ask a question, then go ahead and use the chat and try and use question before you ask uh, your question just so we can filter them properly. There aren't that many people in here yet, but if the chat gets going, it's just easier for us to manage. And also, as usual, this call is recorded. So if you have any concerns about anything said on this call, if it's under NDA or you end up bashing a producer and you want to take it back and not have it released to the public, just let us know and we'll omit it from the final release. Um, the only opening topics we really have for today is that we announced Camp MoGraph 2020. It's going to be in Portland, Oregon from October 8th through 11th, 2020. Um, so if you go check out the website, there is a holding page right now. You can sign up for the email list to know when tickets go on sale. Just like this year, they're going to go on sale April 20th, 2020 for the general release. Um, but sign up for a newsletter anyway, because we're going to be rolling stuff out and making announcements of who's coming to do workshops and fireside chats and all that. So it's just good to sign up anyway. Really quickly, just to throw it into the chat, I'm going to put the box for half res titles so everyone can see them and then we'll get moving. Um, Mark, did you have anything before we started going on? No, that's good. Cool. Um, so first off, I guess, I, actually I have one more opening topic I want to cover as well. Um, just an announcement that Julie will be joining us as a host for Monday meeting as well. Um, so that's exciting. So right now, It'll be Mark, myself, Julie, and Penny when she gets done with her stint in LA. She'll be coming back to host as well. So that's exciting as well. Um, so I just dropped the half-res titles into the chat if anyone wants to check them out and you haven't seen them. But first off, Billy, Julie, thanks for joining us. You're, I mean, you're on the calls occasionally anyway. Julie's been a lot more. Um, so you kind of know the deal, but I just want to say <laughs> thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's fun. So um, I feel like Billy and I are always like the ones everyone sees. So there's a few other box boarders here mm -hmm. that should introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Nick Parenti. Oh, I'm Dave Holmes. Hi, I'm Scott Hoke. So there are eight of us in total, but um, yeah. yeah, the five of us are here today. Um, you know, being mostly all freelancers, some people are on site, some people have other life stuff going on. So there's a it's rare that all eight of us are in one place, but um, we do our best. So that, that's probably a good place to start. Um, I should have done my due diligence and written down a bunch of questions, but why don't you start with like how you guys formed and how there's eight of you and like, do you all work and have a desk in your place or like what, what's it like there? Like how did, how this come to be? Yeah, so we're in an 800 square foot office. There's eight desks. Uh, the math that works out to be the most that we can have. So we would love to be bigger, but according to labor laws, 
uh, and square footage and all that fun stuff, we can't be any bigger. Um, but the short of it, how we formed is six of us all went to community college together. And then Julie has been running MoGraph Mondays, which a number of people will hopefully have heard about throughout sort of the country or just the Detroit scene in particular. Um, so that's seven of us. And then the eighth person, uh, Nicole, is just another friend from in the area that we've known and have met and become closer friends with. So yeah, um, yeah for the most part at school and then just meeting people um, through our local meetup. Yeah, because um, like I said, like, like Billy said, him and his friends had kind of been friends for a while. And then they all started to come into my local MoGraph Mondays. And I was like, oh, these people keep coming. And then Billy and I, Billy started presenting a lot more. Oh, he was a, kind of part of the core group that was always there. So we got to know each other more. And I was like, oh, these people are cool. Because the key thing is like, we all like knew we could, you know, gel together mm-hmm. in a room and not have there be like drama. You know, I mean, there's drama, but yeah. It's, it's okay drama it's fun drama so, yeah. so like that was part of it was like kind of like vetting each other was really important you know so that kind of just happened naturally with our meetups and everything um so over time like i was freelancing for five years and i was kind of tired of being at home and then a lot of other um people in the group um kind of started freelancing around the same time and i think the idea started when billy was talking to gunner and they were like hey do you want to rent a desk in our space because they rent desks out to, to some to people that you know floaters yeah and um yeah, right? yeah. Um, if you don't know the super awesome motion graphics studio Gunner, they're like right up right there. there. They're like literally the floor above us. Um, so I was freelancing there uh, summer of last year for a few weeks. And that's where the idea started of us trying to get a desk inside of, well, I wanted to get a desk inside of their office because they sort of floated that idea by me. And then like any great idea or bad idea. I guess you run it by the group chat. Um, and everyone else is like, wow, we all really want that. But obviously Gunner can't accommodate eight people yeah. off on the side of like, cause that would, we would be bigger than their studio. That would just be, that'd be silly. So we, we looked into contacting the landlord of this building and we got our own space just on the first floor. Yeah. Once you found out the rent, we're like, Oh, we could handle that. Cause that's the thing I want to say. Like, um, if you want to get in a room with other people, it's like once you start dividing that rent up, you know, it can become pretty affordable. So it's not as much of a jump as you'd expect. Um, Cause like co-working spaces are pretty cool. Like they're popping up everywhere. Uh, they can be pretty expensive. And if you don't really have anyone else in your area, I definitely, definitely recommend jumping into a co-working space. Um, Allison, who's on the call, she talked about a lot, that a lot on her um, um, interview with Haley Aikens on Motion Hatch podcast. Uh, it's, it's just like the energy of having other people around you is so amazing. And then for us, like people that we know that do what we do, it's like another level up of like mm-hmm. a general co- co-working space. And that's kind of what we, we started in here. And that's part of it. Yeah. Cause like the, the biggest drag of being a freelancer from home, and I'm sure most people on the call will be able to attest to this is one you're at your house all day. So like the change of setting or the lack of change of setting yeah. makes you stir crazy over time and then the second thing is is you can feel like you're on an island artistically uh that's yeah. probably the best thing about being in an awesome studio environment is having all of those other people in the same room with you uh where like you know if you need to ram preview something and get feedback like you can trust all of the other people in the room because there are other artists that you work alongside of every single day and so like we have we've answered both of those by 
getting this room and working together. And that's like the, that's the number one, like best thing. Yeah. And that was definitely our, our first intention too. Like I, uh, I'm pretty horrible at doing personal projects and I really like had the hardest time getting myself like jumpstarted um, on my own and getting in this room with everyone has been like, super encouraging. It's like a weird, like sometimes it's like a positive pressure because you see what everyone else is doing. You're like, oh, I want to do some more stuff on my own. And then like Billy said, like, just like the feedback from everyone. It's like, okay, I'm not sure, you know, like I, like you said, we're not all always here, but there's usually always someone here. It's like, I'm working on this thing. I'm not, I'm not sure where to go with it. There's someone here, you know, that can help you. And yeah, with, with, if you work in a studio, you have that with coworkers, but here it's like, I don't know, people that we were friends with that we've kind of like all kind of picked each other. So it's pretty, pretty great. Yeah. Like I think about that a lot going off the like Island thing and like, wanting to go back full-time to a studio because I feel like I plateau at times. Like I'll level up occasionally throughout the year, but like the speed at which I was leveling up when I was in a place full-time was so much faster because I had people pushing me and I thought about joining co-working spaces, but then it's just like, you don't know who else is going to be there. It could be like, you know, a startup entrepreneur and like yeah. someone who's trying to get like a record off the ground or like whatever, like it could be anyone. And that's why like, I'm pretty envious of your model because you just have creatives and, and they're all motion design related, but like they range a lot, right? Like you, you have people that are specializing in 2D, 3D cell versus just like normal after effects, right? So, yeah. um, do you find that that helps you? And like, can you talk a little bit about that? Like the variety that you guys have in, in box Fort? Yeah. Um, I mean, we, between the eight of us, so there's, there's seven of us who are full-time freelance. And then Amy from school of motion, who's like one of the producers for all of like their you know, boot camps and all the super awesome content. So once in a while she'll chip in and like on production duties, like she helped us a little bit with maintaining our schedule for half rows, but by in large part, the other seven of us um, cover every like different facet of motion design, probably outside of like hardcore VFX and like fluid sim Houdini stuff. That, yeah, that's really yeah. the only aspect out of like, there's people who have been former editors, there's full-time 2D cell uh, character animators, illustrate like probably four or five of the people in here you would consider strong at illustration. Julie and I are both really solid in 3D. Um, and so like almost every element of the motion design workflow is represented between some combination of us. And so it's really useful for like us to work off of one another's ideas, or if somebody gets brought on for a job and maybe there's one aspect where they're, they're either weaker or they need additional help. They can like, we can subcontract each other, um, which is really useful yeah. um, because you know, out of any one given task, there's probably at least two or three people who can like achieve that task. So it makes us, it makes resourcing really, really flexible. Um, you know, and it, predicting out into the future, if we want to like, pitch and work on bigger things, we have like, we definitely have a lot of firepower between a lot of us. So that's, yeah. that's exciting. So yeah, like Billy said, it's like we have like a team that's very flexible and we can handle stuff, you know, that comes our way. Uh, also, like, you know, like you were saying, Liam, about um, wanting to level up faster. What's cool is, like, okay, like, I have to do, let's say I have to do, like, a 2D character animation. I've never done it. 
there's people right next to me that are like experts at that. So I can skip a bunch of steps. I can skip a bunch of tutorials and just get like the meat of like, here, jump right in, mm-hmm. you know? Also, like being in the same building with Gunner and other artists is great because like I wanted to start doing stuff with VR with Oculus Medium and I just went upstairs and Colin gave me a little VR lesson. So we have a really awesome like yeah. collection of artists in this area, even outside of our room. But I mean, it's great. So, <laughs> so, so like you just mentioned like skipping a bunch of steps. Do you, do you find that like, are you guys doing personal projects together and like, say you're going to Nick and saying, hey, Nick, can you do storyboards? I'm just using Nick because I know he's a really good illustrator. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I want to do this project about ghosts or whatever. Can you, can you illustrate like some storyboards for me for ghosts? And then you'll work together on that. And then say, Julie, you take it and run with it as your 3D project and then vice versa. Like, does that happen with you guys where like Nick wants to do something in 3D and then he'll outsource one of you guys for a personal project or like what, what kind of workflows do you guys have there? Yeah. I mean, even, even just the second, um, mm. I started a, an onsite job a few weeks ago. So I've been away from the fort here for a little while, but prior to leaving, um, Justin and I, who's not represented yet, um, he's elsewhere in the building working somewhere. Um, he and I started like a little short and like we realized we had two days off together where we would both be in the same place uh, with time off. And so, you know, we took like 10, 20 minutes to sit down and hash out a little idea. Um, It was actually funny thing is, is that he had overheard me talking about Camp Mograph at some point after returning home. And for some, for some weird reason, the idea of the Loch Ness monster was like in his brain. And so we hashed out like this little, like, you know, short kind of um, along the lines of the, the mixed parts um, collab that we did yeah. last year. And so, yeah, just like in a 20 minute little span of time, we hash out a new little short that now Julie is in doing, um, some sculpting and modeling using VR. And so the three of us, like, yeah, Justin is a really good illustrator. So he, you know, drew and got a really solid rough, uh, painted up in procreate. And then I'm start, I'm chipping away at making 3d assets for that. So that, I mean, that's pretty much the exact, outline that you just, you know, like hypothetically made up, but that is quite literally how we work for like starting shorts or personal yeah. projects together. It really, it really helps having this central location because even if we're not always all here, like once we're all here, like, Oh, we can check in really quick. It's just that there's a central point that we're all like going to that there's a chance of us all being there um, rather than having to reach out online all the time. So, even though these projects get worked on kind of in fits and starts, um, they do just keep moving. And there's Justin. <laughs> Justin. Hey, Justin. Just like just like Sasquatch in the background. Yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, this is Justin Lemon. He's cool. He's awesome. These are our friends. Yep. These are all our friends. <laughs> yeah. Met, met him in Toronto at the Beeple thing. Oh, yeah. 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 Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is this is pretty much how uh, this is how this this works. Um, people walk in and out because you know this is an ecosystem, this building, yeah. um, and uh, there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, it's just like we we're like by getting us all together, it's like creating an environment for more things to happen, even unexpected things. Like Billy said, that short started because Justin overheard something. I got something in his head. It's just more chances for just like random things to connect and stuff to happen, you know? 
that's really cool. It takes you out of your head because you're not seeking out inspiration. It's like sometimes it just happens. It just comes to you. Someone surprises you with something or someone shows you something, you know, and it yeah. leads you somewhere you didn't expect. So, so you've got this ecosystem going on. You guys aren't really, like you're not calling yourself a studio, right? And like, are you calling yourself a collective and like, how, like, I guess the, the preface of this question is since you're not really calling yourself a studio or you're kind of calling yourself collective and kind of thinking about becoming a studio and all this in between, how did you end up getting approached for the half res titles when like you're not really established as a studio? Like how did that conversation form and are you having other conversations like that now? Um, I mean, the short answer is that Amador, who is on the, the crew for people who like run half res as an event, because that's run by committee. You know, there's some people getting the venue, other people booking speakers, other people getting content made, etc. So Amador is in charge of like content and he emailed me, I don't know, in like January or February uh, earlier this year and just asked me, me personally, if I would want to do like bumpers or anything because in years past they've had like short like, 10, 15 second little clips to roll between speakers. And I mean, I already made the joke earlier in this episode is like any good idea, you run it by the group chat. Um, and we have an epic group chat. <laughs> like we're in such communication. Like yeah. we're in the same room. We also like whenever, as soon as one of us knows something like the rest instantly know it. Yeah. Good and, or bad. And, and, and so, you know, Amador reaching out to me, it was a natural thing to run it by everybody else. And obviously everyone else was on board deciding yeah. to contribute. It was just a matter of like how, you know, how, how much did we want to commit? And so we took, a, we took a while to really answer that question. It probably wasn't until April where we really had a solid idea that we had sat down and like store, like we can like concepted the story of it. And we didn't even really get into storyboarding until maybe late May or June where we had really like established what we had thought would be a one minute short and obviously ballooned into like closer to two minutes. But, you know, at, at that point we had our idea. Um, Amador was super accommodating in like, you know, th the whole exposure bucks versus creative freedom, like yeah, that, that sliding scale. Um, so he was, he was super awesome to work with in terms of like asking us if we wanted feedback we decided, no, I think we, we're going to, we're going to take a shot at, at just managing this whole thing ourselves. And so he's like, cool. You know, he took his hands off the steering wheel and, and yeah. put his faith in, in us and, you know, delivering something that wound up being, I think a pretty good end product. So that that's like the ideal scenario of a personal project. Uh, obviously not, not everything goes that way, but in this case uh, you're hearing about the good example. So that was, that was super awesome. And obviously it's something that we're all, really proud of. And, um, I guess going into your earlier portion of the question, are we a studio? Are we a collective? Who knows? Well, I think the, the shortest answer is we don't really know yet for ourselves, but having half res as like an awesome portfolio piece that showcases what we're all capable of, we should, that should go a yeah. long way. Um, I mean, we learned a ton from half as just seeing how we work together and yeah, what we're capable of. But I guess what I like to say is that, we are positioned to basically at any moment work as a studio because like we're all next to each other. We all know each other. We're all in communication. It's like if someone gets something big enough that we can 
work on and pitch. Like we just see who's available right now for the pitch and then we schedule it out and like we could function as a studio for a month or two, like on a big project. Right. And then we could also right after that, go back to freelancing individually. It's like, we're just ready to go regardless. Um, but I guess we, what we don't have is the um, like overhead or really the risk of having a, a business loan or like having to have built out an office or pay salaries. So we're just kind of being ready to, for what, for, uh, for that. And, and we're, so we're seeking out, you know, bigger projects. Uh, like Billy said before, we've kind of, so far we've just kind of, you know, subcontracted each other for things like two or three of us will pair off and, and do a project. So that's the start of it. But we, you know, we, we want to do something bigger as, as, a, as a studio. So we're, we're fine. We would write a function as a studio at any moment. That's kind of what we're going for. Nice. Right um, Mark, you had your hand raised and then you said you want to ask questions about the office itself, right? Yeah, I mean, once we move, I, I don't know if we're still talking about projects and work or whatnot, but I'm just curious about um, the office space and stuff. So um, if there's time at the end, I can ask that. I mean, you know how these calls go. There's no unless we're all right. You can, we can just, just, okay. just fire your question away, dude. Uh, in terms of the shared space and finding your office space, it's something that I've recently been considering myself. But like, I know like overhead, or just like rent and stuff. The more people you get in it, um, you know, it can lower costs. But I'd just be curious to know what your experiences have been like outside of just the like rent and kind of like lease portion of it in terms of like, have you had to do much like IT stuff? Have you had to like invest in a lot of desks? And like, is there a bunch of the like extra costs on top of just your, you know, monthly yeah. lease? So, I mean, when we started off, we were basically like BYOD, bring your own mm -hmm. desk, you know? Um, we kind of, a few of us, made our own made our own desk design just with like uh pair pin legs and um butcher black countertops so we have some desks that match that way but it was kind of like the intent was to have as low of, of entry cost as possible so um everyone basically brought their own stuff we do have so our the rent um that kind of everyone pays is a little higher than i mean it's higher than is necessary just to pay the, the rent so we have a little bit of a shared fund that we use for supplies, paper towels, you know, whatever we need. So that, that's, that's covered pretty easily. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then as far as like infrastructure wise, um, if maybe if we can just tilt up real quick, you can see there's rafters and stuff. And so I had to run ethernet line um, yeah. up, up through all of this. Um, I had to hire a, an electrician to drop a couple extra circuits in this room. Uh, the, 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 the real quick layout of the office is there's four desks on one side and four on the other side with like walking space in the middle and then around the, the around the walls. And so with four and four on each side, I got two power drops per side um, just to cover like, you know, like I've got big beefy machines, but I'm also on the side where there's usually one less person. And so like we've just figured out a way to make the power situation work. Um, but we did have to pay for the electrician well i i had to pay for that out of pocket but then we sort of like we made the money work where i didn't pay rent for a few months yeah, yeah in terms sure. of the space and so like it all it yeah as far as year one's finances which you know are, are all in the books now we we found a way to make it work um off sort of behind us to the other side there's like a little tv and couch situation over there and so like that was money that we just kind of pulled together like hey does anyone want to 
pitch in to buy a TV on Black Friday. And so like Nick and I braved, you know, the, the insanity to get, you know, a nice TV for cheap. Um, so it's just like a lot of that kind of DIY yeah. mentality, just trying to keep things as cost reasonable as, as we can. It's not like the super most elegant looking space, you know, from an outsider's perspective, you know, I don't think a million dollar client would, you know, stroll in here and be, they might not be, uh, unimpressed, but it's not going to blow them away probably, but that's just, that's fine. It is, you know, it's, yeah. we're, we're not trying to wine and dine clients here. Ex- right. Exactly. Um, we don't have like a, we don't have a closed off conference room with soundproofing mm-hmm. and like all that other, you know, like you probably just heard a Mac just turn on. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's kind of, it is what it is, but, uh, we figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. Um, the IT stuff was uh, kind of a nightmare for me. If, if you're familiar with the MoGraph.com Slack and the, the hardware channel, uh, every once in a while I have Ethernet issues in this place and uh, I melt down. Um, so I'm the IT guy um, just out of uh, necessity because I don't want to have to make anyone else in this room do it. Um, so, yeah, you just kind of, you know, that's, that's time that I have to invest on my own. Um, yeah. I spent the first few weekends before we moved in cutting and running all the ethernet line to the ceiling. And yeah, Julie came in at the end and we, we heat shrinked a, a big yeah. old run to, to pretend like it made it look nicer. Um, it does look nicer. Uh, yeah, a little bit. It's, it's behind you guys. So you guys can't see, but, um, yeah, I mean, we've done everything we can to make it like homey, Yeah. but it's not, you know, it, you walk in and you don't think it's like, Ooh, like this is like an Apple store, you know, like, Exactly. Yeah. But it's nice for us. Um, what's funny is that people come in that maybe saw it before we had everything in here and they're like, oh, this place is like the real deal. Mm-hmm. Like we're so used to it that when other people walk in, they are like, oh, this is like this is nice. And we're like, it is? So I guess it's like, I don't know, once you're used to something, it, it loses its excitement. But yeah. It's like super chill and calm though. Everyone comes in here and like, oh, I feel really calm and like chill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of people from throughout the rest of the building that this is like either where their dog runs down to hang out or they come and hang out. Um, so there's definitely a lot of, uh, there's a lot of action in and out of the room uh, on a daily basis. So it's fun. Did you leave the burrito out for the dog? Oh, that's, that's where my, that's on my agency job. The, the, yeah. dog, the burrito dog. That's, that's a different, that's a different inside joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, um, that's a whole other story. Billy's yeah. But he made it here today, so I'm yep. happy. I'm happy. I haven't seen him in a long time. <laughs> yeah, someone says it's dog heaven. Uh, yeah. yeah, if you follow any of us on social media, there's a lot of dogs in this damn building. Um, and they're usually in here. So it's pretty it's pretty fun. Yeah, we love them. Um, I just want to like announce too for all the people that joined after the Intro, if you guys have a question, go ahead and throw them in the chat. There's also a raise your hand feature as well. If you have a mic on your computer that you want to chime into and ask questions um, so anyone can field them to the box fort team. So um, I know Matthew's walking around trying to clean at the same time. So I'll just ask his question for him. In the chat, he said there's a lot of strength in that kind of model where you can kind of Voltron together um and and do bigger things together but uh as democratic as it seems do you have any pain points anything that's been a frustration more than twice 
Gotcha. Yeah. So for the most part, I mean, being freelancers, we all are each our own business. You know, 95% of the time we're all operating commercially independent from one another. Um, I typically have my jobs and like other people have their jobs. And usually I'd say the overwhelming majority of if somebody hits one of us up and we can't take it on, we just outright pass it off to the, like whoever else can take it on. And that person runs with it and does like all the communication. We're not taking cuts off of one another. Uh, in that case, you know, no finders fees, no, no, nothing like that. The only time where we do like quote unquote, get money from one another is when we do officially subcontract one another. And that's pretty rare still. Um, Cause for the most part, I mean, anyone who's in, in here as a freelancer can, can probably attest to if you get, re if somebody reaches out to you for work, they are probably reaching out to you with the mindset that one individual can accomplish that task. And it just sort of makes sense in that case to just pass off a project. Um, we don't have like one central producer who's here, you know, like all the time because the seven of us who are here most frequently are all full-time, you know, mographers. And so we all still like being on the box. Nobody else, no one really wants to take that role where they're, getting off of the box and like overseeing stuff. Um, so as far as business, I think that answers, you know, like kind of most of it. Yeah. Um, obviously like here and there, when I talk to people around town, I do say like, if I talk to studios, I'll be like, you know, we'd love to do work for you like, as a vendor. So I'm kind of planting that idea around um, to let them know like, yeah, I'm an individual and you reached out to me, but if you have something bigger, like I do have a team around me, like we can take on something more so we're slowly putting that putting those words out there so i kind of like that people don't entirely know what we are because they're like it's like this kind of mysterious thing um we can make it be when we're pitching it to somebody or explaining it we can make it whatever we yeah whatever we want them to hear basically we can tell them at the time so it's like we're still in that phase where we've got a lot of leeway but um yeah. like what julie was saying the we have the infrastructure here in play that if we wanted to act as like say a four person studio and act like pretend you know like to be the vendor for you know big agency work or whatever if that means we don't have to work on site and we can stay here in our home like our you know yeah. our little environment then that would be like the perfect outcome um and so yeah. like i guess it's just maybe a matter of time before we, we get there um there was a number of other points in that question Voltron, love that mention the Voltron there. We are uh -huh. Voltron. Uh, uh, yeah, the, I think you answered the main question is, so everything seems very diplomatic. Do you, you have any pain points and anything that's like frustrated you more than twice? Uh, I think, I mean, probably the biggest pain point, and this is going to be subjective between everyone that you ask, is probably just like either noise or like distraction focus and stuff. Yeah, like any office. Yeah, I mean, right. it's an open office and, and um, you know, some people are going to like that more than others and, and even people who are really into that can still run into situations where like they have crunch that day and they just really need to put headphones on and like there's there's no BS. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it's, it's really nothing that we've had to like openly address, but I'm sure like there's, you know, rumblings in the back of people's minds that at, at, at any point That's in time. Nice. Um, just, well, just naturally. We're all friends. So yeah. it's like, we're not really afraid to say it and be like pretty blunt. Sometimes, uh, we all have days where we kind of melt down 
and uh, yeah, I mean, if somebody has to take yeah. a call, like they can very easily get the attention of everybody and tell everyone else to shut the hell up for ten minutes or a half an hour, or however long. Like right now. Right, like everyone yeah, there's a shut up. There's three people on the other side of the room who all have to pretend like they're not here so that what? they. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so yeah, like things, things can, they can get you know hectic, but yeah, we're all friends and and we all we're professionals still. And so we can like manage those things bit by bit and they don't really like bubble up into some huge, you know, no one's throwing any chairs. Um, we just throw hacky sacks, not chairs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if someone, if we have a really good hack, hack circle going and like a lot of consecutive hits and someone misses, then we get mad then at them. Yeah. Pissed. We get mad that's, at them. That's a fun Come on. One. <laughs> then their box for membership is on the line. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so like something something you said too, I think Billy, you were saying, or you both kind of said it in different ways. Um, it was like when you're talking to someone, you can kind of pitch box for it any way you want, like them to see it. And that kind of makes sense for like the name too. Like when I picture box for, I picture like being a kid and like having a bunch of boxes and then changing them however I want at different times and like all right, today I want a castle, tomorrow I want a rocket ship, today I want something else. And um, that is that kind of why the name came to be in that way? Um, I mean, yeah, I like we, yeah, I mean, you're pretty much spot on. Um, the, like the childlike wonder of getting a refrigerator in the box that it there and comes in is extremely magical um, as a young kid. And so that's, that's the core oh, of where the story. That's the that's the core of where the name comes from. Uh, we in our half res presentation, we actually dug back through the um, the Facebook chat to find the first instance of the word box fort. Um, it turned out to be separated, so box fort. Uh, so it took us a little while to find it. But um, one of our yeah, one of our members had bought like a, like a Costco sized order of paper towel. And so she had a really large box. And she, so she like, that was, you know, pretty much where the joke started. And, uh, you know, Nick or me or whatever was like, that's a really Mo-graphy name. Um, and we were friends at school and we knew that we always wanted to work together one day because at the time we were all working, you know, we were staff at different places. Um, we knew that that was like, that was the name right then and there. And so internally, we've we've been calling ourselves that since like 2015. Um, and so last year, when we you know when we got this office, it was there was it was no brainer uh, what the name would be. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, you nailed it. Your your, right. your interpretation, Liam. <laughs> I, I like what you said. Can you write yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, you can totally we steal need, that. And, and we need copy for our website yeah. that we don't have. We are copy. Um, I'm going to read Matt's next question too. So yeah. he says in his work, he's tracking the rise of the kind of agile business formation as a response to the expanding gig economy. He's wondering if you have any structural concerns, do you find any limitations with your equipment or challenges finding niche talent that you might need? So there's a few questions in there. So I'll start with just that one. So do you have any like structural concerns at the moment with, with running this, the, the collective? I mean, like big picture stuff from an infrastructure standpoint was like, we don't have a, a central like file server. 
Um, I have a bunch of like really niche stuff between my machines just because of the nature of like GPU rendering and like the fact that I have three or four computers. Um, so I'm quite set up to handle like at least to a certain scale um, for the type of work that I do. But yeah. like larger than that, we would probably initially rely on like Dropbox. Um, the next step for that would probably be using like our little shared pool of money to get like a small NAS or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that way we could work off of files, you know, alongside one another. But for the most part, you know, we can figure out a way to make the technology work however we need to. Because we don't, um, like, we all know how to use, how to do all this stuff. So it's just, it's not a big deal. Like, yeah. I'm not scared. There's, there's a certain level of, like, computer literacy that comes with having to use a computer for the living that we make. And so I, I think we all trust each other to, like, yeah. fig we, we can figure that out if, if that becomes um, a concern. But I guess the next point of the equipment or the next part of the question would be, like, finding people. Um, yeah. So do, do you have any limitations with your equipment or challenges finding talent? Well, I mean, we already sort of addressed that yeah. within, within the main members of, of our little outfit, we have a pretty good representation of any possible skill minus like VFX. Um, and all, all that comes through meeting people and knowing one yeah. another in the community. And that's all you. Yeah, I fixed it. Um, Mondays. No, we have a super rad community and yes, a lot of it is helped by my meetups that we do every month. Um, so that we've had this consistent meetup MoGraph Mondays going through like over five years now. Um, so we're all super connected locally. Um, so we all, and so there's me and, but then we all, it's me and then times, you know, eight, like we all have our own connections. So there's just a lot of people we can reach out to. And then even further than that, like Billy's really active on, all the Slack channels and stuff. So like if we need some help, like he knows who to ask, you know, online really quick. Yeah. And I think that we're pretty fun people and people want to work with us. So I don't know, just, just seeing how connected our community is. I'm not really scared at all about finding talent when we need it. Yeah. If somebody came to us and they needed some super duper awesome X particles thing, plus a bunch of other 3d, like we could pull one of those super awesome illustrators in here to storyboard out, you know, a number of things for us. And then like, if it was a 3d job, Julie and I would be able to run with the production of it. But like I said, or like you just said, if we know somebody here, because we know and have met pretty much everyone that we need to yeah. in our community, yeah. we would be able to find someone local if they wanted to work here on site yeah. and failing that I would know who to yeah, I would know who to reach out to following that via either Twitter or Slack. Um, so some of that is related to box for it. Some of it's not. Um, and so, uh, a producer just came in looking for a freelancer. So yeah, that's, uh, um, that's how that works. They just walk around the building roaming around like, uh, you know, like sharks at feeding time and they just, pick up one. A freelancer. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess the next question was, oh, go ahead, Julie. No, I was just going to say, our answer to that was maybe a little fluffy. Like, I know it's like, doesn't sound like business, maybe as business savvy or whatever, um, as it should, but I just think it's true. Like, I just, our community is so strong and there's just so many people I trust, like that are vetted, that I know are like solid. Like we have all these connections and 
you know, we, we meet people sometimes just online, but then we meet them at an event and then we see work they do and we talk to them. It's like, we have so many ways to like know each other and trust each other that I just feel very confident in that, in, that, in those bonds. Yeah. I, I, I'm not gonna, I don't want to spoil who, but a, a good close friend from the internet that I've met at events wants to like move here next summer and like squat in Boxport for a couple months. So like, that's just an example of like a, uh, an internet friend turning into an event friend now turning into like a, like a in-person friend. So that's like, you know, a small example of if you, if you start to sow those seeds, um, you, you have no idea what they can grow into. And it's, it's really exciting. Um, Pulling out the Bible reference. Really? I Reap what you sow. <laughs> Uh, well, like I, I relate to that even just as a remote person, you know, like I, most of the people that I ever work with and outsource to either have been vetted by someone that I've met in person and they've recommended them or I've met them in person through like either through Slack and talking to them and then going to half res or NAB or somewhere. And usually once I meet someone in person and they seem as chill as they are online, then I'm just like, Sure. Like I, I don't mind considering them for work in the future, you know, and it sounds like you guys kind of take that same approach for box for like, if you know someone and maybe there's an opening at box forward for a desk and they seem like they're going to be a good fit, then let's just try it out and, and make it work. And that, that's, I think how a lot of freelancers are getting by now. I know like that's how Mark does a lot of work now when he outsources the people and, um, yeah. Yeah, it seems to be like a, a common thread here in our industry. On the other side of that, um, this doesn't happen as often, but if someone kind of doesn't do a great job or if there's a studio that kind of doesn't treat freelancers well, we kind of have this unofficial union at this point because we can easily shadow ban or blacklist someone like, and, you know, and just be like, hey, like, okay, this place sucks. Um, none of us are going to freelance for them anymore. And it's like, it's not like we signed a contract in blood to not do that, but it just sort of happens. You know, we just communicate. It's like, hey, here's my experience. You know, you might want to watch out for that. Yeah, that, and that's really important. I, I know most people who are going to freelance in other, if, if they're in other, you know, decent-sized cities, you, pretty much anyone can attest to that there are better places or, or less than better places to, yeah. to work for. That's just sort of a natural thing. Every, every business, every company is going to be run differently. And so that's the hardest thing. Uh, I, you know, I went freelance two years ago and the first job I went and worked um, is the place that I'm actually at right now. And it was, it was super tough, super grueling. Julie had warned me ahead of time, like, Hey, this is like, this is a one for the meal, not for the real type, type uh, sort of situation. And so like having, Having a local community, like, I guess this is more of like a motor app Mondays thing, maybe than specifically just box for it, but like yeah. having, like having a, an inkling of like where, like what you're walking into as a freelancer when you're going somewhere on site or even just, even just meeting people online, you know, like having an idea of, of, you know, either what this project is, who, who else is working on it or, or whatever, you know, those are all really hard answers to quite, uh, hard questions to answer. Um, if you're just like on your own, figuring out everything, you know, like for the first time. Um, so you, you had sort of jokingly said like you get to sort of like, uh, you get to skip steps in learning like new yeah. skills because we're surrounded by other great artists. We also get to skip 
the, the steps of like, you know, needing to touch that hot stove, you know, and learning that like on your own because we can sort of share that information with one another. Um, I guess that's, that's a political way of saying um, what Julian brought up. Yeah. Yeah. um, Um, But also just like, Hey, we will be like, if you're going to work for that place, you need to negotiate an overtime rate or you need to negotiate, you know, your rate covers how many hours and then when does overtime start? Because most of the time, like, that's not a big deal. Like, I don't worry about overtime rates or anything. But some places, it's like, oh, you know they're going to take everything they can from you. So you need to make sure that you have in a contract or something, like, this is how the rate goes. And after 10 hours, you start doing overtime going. Yeah, just sort of specific to the Detroit area, I would say, for the most part, places don't really work on contracts all that frequently. Um, I would say the overwhelming majority of the time I just like show up, like somebody yeah. emails me, they're like, great, these are the dates, here's our address, like show up at nine. And you're like, all right, like here I am, yeah. like what do we do? And you figure all that out like the first day. Yeah. And so we're like, re- as a community, we're very loosey-goosey, um, which has its pros and cons. Yeah. It's um, mostly okay because the relationships, we all like know each other and connected. Right. But that's, you need to rely on other people to figure out if, if that's a bad uh, version of loosey goosey. Um, yeah. But maybe that's just a symptom of like the region and the market that we work in. That I don't know if you're in like New York or LA, maybe all you do is sign contracts before you go. I don't, I don't know. I've never worked there. So um, I'll just speak to the Detroit region. No, I think that's kind of in the industry. Like I have, I try to always do a contract with like first time clients, but like a lot of times it's so like loose. Like you were saying, like like I'm about to start a project here and I've worked with them before. I made them do a contract the first time we worked together, but this time it's just like, uh, I'm just going to invoice them. Like I can't like, I have a record of emails and things and it's just like, I, I know what I'm getting into with this client. So I think that's kind of across the board and like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're saying in the chat too, like Jordan's saying in Atlanta can be loose and then in New York, Mike rarely signs contracts. So, and that's New York city. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I probably send out maybe two contracts a year ever. And then the rest is just like gentlemen's agreement and like handshakes and things like that. So yeah. And it's saying in Toronto as well. So. I mean, emails um, stand up in court. So. Right. That's pretty powerful on its own. Like knowing that. Um, Like I, I showed up and I worked and I didn't have in writing where, what my end date was. Um, So I could have left last Friday. Um, Shut up last Friday. (laughs) She said that. (laughs) Um, uh, But I'll be there till tomorrow. Anyway. Burritos um, in hand. Yeah. I'm going to leave a lot of them for that dog. <laughs> um, so there's a couple new things that have popped up in the chat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw. So let's see. Do, 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 do. Elizabeth looks like it's the next question. Um, do you have a collective project or dailies that you work on together? I mean, we kind of talked about that a little bit, but do you have anything that's like ongoing that you try and like keep a challenge going or anything? No, that's not exactly what I was asking. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize um, you had a mic, Elizabeth. Yeah. Uh, the, um, when, you, when you do have a project that you guys all work on together, how do you check in with each other? Do you do dailies? Like, I don't mean dailies like the Beeple sense. I mean dailies like, 
okay, it's four o'clock. Let's all stand up and, you know, do a little show and tell and try to stay marginally accountable or whatever. Right. Yeah. So in, in that environment, I guess I'll go back to like a year ago when Justin and I did the little like mixed parts. It's like this like really foggy, like little like house on a hill and there's this big monster kind of whatever thing. So we, we made that in the course of like three or four days, but just the nature of being in an office together is like every like hour you can just walk over and see what the other person's doing and like, Oh, that's really cool. You added the fog in and like that does this really cool thing or whatever. So when we're doing stuff and we're here together, I would say there's not really a sense of like the daily, like, all right, everyone submit your daily is like check-in thing because that's just happening periodically throughout the day. Um, and when we do work on stuff together, we're typically like, if there's two people, you know, like working closely, say like when we did half res, um, like Julie and Dave are constantly in communication, sending each other files and like figuring out, you know, just logistical prog- problems that come up and, you know, doing yeah. MoGraph. And so I would say we don't really do check-in stuff like that. Um, just because being in the same room, you know, allows, yeah. it allows you even faster communication um, than needing to do those check-ins. And I think for them, because we're all like super friendly with one another, it's not like, it's not bothersome. Um, if the idea of like always walking over to somebody else's screen sounds annoying um, to me, that would have sounded annoying prior to working here, but that's because I've worked at studios that like that was annoying there, but right. we're all friends here. And so I don't think we really, we don't really mind it. If somebody's like super duper in the zone and you can hear the music coming out of their headphones, you can probably get a sense to just like leave them, like let them chill. Like if, if, if you stand up and wave at somebody's monitor and they don't look back, like just leave them alone. Um, yeah. So that, that, I think that pretty much answers like, you know, in, in short, how do we work? Um, like how does the collective working process go? Um, is there anything else that you wanted to expand about there, Elizabeth? Oh, well, I was just thinking about a scenario where somebody, like there's different styles of working. Like some people, they get a little task and they, it's, it's ready to turn in at kind of a 10% quality level kind of right away. And other people, it's not ready to turn in until the very last minute and it comes in at 100% quality level, mm-hmm. but it looks like hell up until that minute. And, you know, I don't know whether, like just, it sounds like you're saying the in-person environment kind of smooths over all those rough edges to to an extent that like I have never experienced certainly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, say when we were doing half res um, in the opening section, like with the character on the train, that's mostly 2D. So like Nick was in charge of that being like one of the stronger 2D slash character slash shape layer people in the room. And so he was running that and he had like other people helping him out, like maybe using their iPads with Procreate or whatever to either draw extra assets or using rough animator on the iPad to like kick out like rough cell sequences. And so in that case, it's really just like using each other's best judgment because we're all experienced artists in production. Now we have a pretty good sense of like, you know, if, if, if a 2d person is asking a cell person to make an asset, they know for these to have a pretty good idea of how much space to give that person and when to check in. We all understand 
the the plight of hitting RAM preview when you were like setting something up and you were just checking to see if it works. It looks like utter dog shit, but you don't want anyone to walk by at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. We all know that. And we recognize like, okay, don't look at this. Like, please don't look at this. And we don't like, we don't hound each other in those moments because we all have those moments, right? There, there are times in the day when you don't want a director over your shoulder. And none of us really try to like, play that role really uh we're all super understanding in those times and so it doesn't really make an issue when yeah, yeah when, when you ram preview something that you need to but it looks like crap we get it uh with each other and that's like that's a really hard thing i think we're all we all recognize how fortunate we like can feel in those moments of like oh all right like they're not gonna they're not gonna get cold feet on this thing because like they're gonna give me more time yeah you know yeah we just know each other. We know each other's work. We know each other's styles and each, each other's workflow. So helps a ton. Um, is that Thank you. Good? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we have some more questions. Tori had a good question here. Yeah, Tori had another question about uh, do you guys work together and make personal projects, which we kind of covered a little bit that you guys. Nope. Yeah. The answer is all the damn time. Yeah. yeah. But, but like, like kind of Billy said before, when there's a couple of days when we're both, or when two or three people are free and we're in the same room, we get a lot done. And then it's like, okay, like we figure out a whole bunch of stuff, but it's now we're going to kind of split off, do our own thing. Some of us on site working, whatever. It's just like, there's just many chances to periodically check in and really like move forward. So it really works well. And then um, Steve had a question about, um, are you guys set up to work? at home and office at any given time. So if you need to work remote one day because you're feeling ill but still want to try and get something done, um, he's had an office for a while but worried I'd end up, or he's wanted an office for a while but he's worried they end up never going in or suddenly going in at 10 p.m. rendering, et cetera. So how does that work for you? Gotcha, yeah. So like personally, I have two big beefy machines here at the office and then one more at my house. Um, I use... Um, some software to sync all of the hard drives and stuff. So like data is always on all of the machines. So I can open something up and hit render on any machine that I want um, personally. So that works really well for what I do in 3D, like needing a lot of GPU power. Um, Julie, you have a pretty similar setup. It's yeah. your laptop and then your office or your yeah. machine here my, at the office. My bigger desktop computer is here at the office. Um, and then I have a laptop that works well that I use on site often. Um, it's like a gamer laptop, it's really big. And it's more like a, it's like a you know, desktop equivalent but more portable. But uh, I, I also sync, like whatever projects I'm currently working on, I sync with Resilio Sync, so they're always connected. Um, I remote into my office computer all the time for renders, like even if, like last, actually yesterday I was working on something in Redshift, I was using my laptop. Um, and then like once I was ready to render, I sent it to my office computer to actually do the final render. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm used to being fluid all the time with that. But I think the second part of the question was that worried if I'd never, yeah, worried you never end up going into the office. So I get it, right? You're like, oh, if I work from home, I'm just going to want to be there all the time. That's the thing. Like after you work at home long enough, you don't want to be there all the time. And once you have like an environment with people around you, like an office, so that's the thing. It's like we all, have, we all love this space because we don't have to be here. But we like coming here. We love coming here. Mm -hmm. Like Nicole the other day was like, oh, I, I hate working. Oh, I love it when I'm here. Like once you're here, it's like, wow, oh, I always miss this. So it's definitely um, worth it. Cause I know it seems like, oh, I don't, if I'm working from home, I don't need an office. Like I can save that money, but it's a worthwhile investment that you end up really liking. 
Yeah, at least at least the personality types that we all find ourselves to yeah. be. You right. know, like right. there there are some people who are going to have different you know life situations or whatever, and it works out for them to spend a significant amount of time at home. Like you know, if anyone has a, a very young child, that's obviously a benefit yeah. being able yeah. to, to you know supervise and, and aid in the raising of said child. Um, so I would say. Yeah, like having a cool environment to show up to every day encourages you to show up there. Um, we give each other like a mild amount of, you know, grief if, if somebody says that they were going to show up and then they don't. You know, just, you know, like, you know, light light hazing amongst friends, you know, nothing like, nothing mean or, or, or nasty or whatever, but it, it helps mm-hmm. keep each other accountable and... Mm-hmm. Like when you, when you are paying for that thing, you want to like get your money's worth. And so that like, there's a, there's a whole number of reasons why like psychologically you become encouraged to show up. Um, so it all works out. There's one more really good question. And then I know we're coming up at an hour here. So, yeah. Uh, well, I, I want to do a follow up question to that and I'll do the other mm-hmm. questions in the chat is like, what kind of hours are you guys putting in there? Like, do you find that, everyone kind of just does a 40 hour week there or like you guys stay in really late. It kind of just depends on each person. Um, do you guys keep each other in check that way to make sure you guys aren't burning out with your clients? Yeah. I mean, we had a line in our half rest presentation where we help each other stay accountable. Yeah. Um, whether that's personal work or what clients we work with, et cetera, like in, in any way, shape or form, just using the word accountability. Um, it's really useful for us to keep ourselves, keep each other honest. Um, so that works out really well. And obviously like any freelancer's schedule, it's hard to predict, yeah. you know, you can work super light hours and then all of a sudden on delivery day, the render queue is completely backlogged and everything's on fire. And then you're there late. Like that can happen in any environment that can happen in a studio as a freelancer in your bedroom at your, you know, shared office space that happens everywhere. So like those, those things happen. And, you know, again, like having a support network to like help each other out is useful, like for troubleshooting or whatever in those scenarios. But I don't think there's really any of us who stay here like late. No, um, it's, I, it's like we don't have a certain schedule. No, like anything, just whatever works. when I'm left to my own devices, I usually work from like 10:30 AM to about 7 PM. And for the yeah. most part, that's really just beating traffic down here into the city. Yeah. Um, nice. It's like that's effectively a normal length workday, um, and so like saving you know that hour or whatever commuting in the morning is really useful for my mental health um, yeah. personally. And so like everyone kind of has their own thing. Like you know Nicole walked in you know halfway through this call, so that's kind of like right on right on the timeline that I just mentioned. You know showing up at ten thirty because you if you trust yourself to get your work done on that day, it kind of doesn't really matter when that work day starts. Um, obviously clients and whatever like pending, but. Um, and then I guess this will be our last question. Just scanning, make sure I didn't miss one. Okay. So from gumbo, does everyone at box Fort charge There's- a similar day rate or if not, do you share rates with each other? And is there like a project lead? Like, how do you guys handle that? Well, we, we, we absolutely share what our rates are with each other. Um, when like a new member comes in, maybe if they're like on the younger side, experience wise, we try to like help them navigate like what their value is and when they can start to step that 
value up. Um, so in that regard, we are a super good resource for one another. Um, yeah, we're super open about rates because why not? Um, the whole, the whole like being like closed off about money thing is for employers to like better control the employees. Like that's the, that's the root of this, like as a society, why we're weird about talking about how much we make it's so that that's to the benefit, benefit of the, the employer, not the employee. Um, so personally, I've always been like super against that mentality. So I've done everything that I can to like share financial information um, between like other artists, especially like people that I recommend work to um, like the agency that I'm working for on site right now, they're going to need an on-site person in a few days when they ship out to the event space. And so I found them an artist in like five minutes through Slack. And then I told that artist what to charge. Um, yeah. And so just like really having each other's backs is super duper important. Um, and if anyone like ever, if, if you're feeling like a concern or whatever, if you just want advice, like I'm always super open. If you want to reach out to me personally, um, for anyone who's listening on the call. Yeah. Yeah. So just being like being, being a useful member. Cause like when I was staff where I was working, I was making like $45,000 salary. And I have definitely made a lot more as a freelancer. And so like, I'm bummed to know that I was being like so severely underpaid. Um, and so like, if anyone else can avoid that, that bummer, then I'm all about it. Yeah. Um, cause also in our community, it's like, if someone's charging way less, it kind of messes up everything. Yeah. So I'm always like, Oh, you need to be charging more. Cause it actually kind of affects all of us other freelancers and someone's kind of undercutting. And often they don't mean to, they don't intend to. They're just like, Oh, well, I'm new, like, I don't know, but then I look at their stuff, I'm like, no, you're, you're on fire. Like you need to be charging this, this amount or else, or else people are going to kind of wonder what's wrong with you. Like, are they not like, what's the deal? So, right. Yeah. It's if, just a common, you know, thing. if a certain studio gets used to paying an artist 300 a day, when that artist could be making five or 600 a day, the next artist who has to go and work there is going to get grief over pitching a $600 a day rate. Um, so like yeah. educating each other, is a benefit for all of us. So that way, like certain studios like that don't, they don't have that as leverage the next time around. Like if that's a situation that we can avoid, then, then that's a best, best case scenario for everyone. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the second part of that, that question was about, is there a project lead um, per project? I mean, at the moment, so for half as we split it up, basically between three different sections, three different leads, which helped um, but but really going forward, whoever brings in a client is the lead at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, just we'll, we'll just you know defer, and and we're all fine deferring to someone else's judgment if they know the client the most. It's like, you know, just like any other art director or account manager relationship. It's like you do something and you're like, oh, I did it this way for this reason. But even if another box score is like, well, I know you did that, but like I know the client, this is what they want, and then we just accept that. Like we have to keep our egos in check and like. You know, we'll, we'll all allow another person to lead us when, when, the time, when that happens. Yeah, like there's there's nobody in this office that I wouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, like step up to bat for or I wouldn't, I would be, there's there's no situation where I would be uncomfortable having them step up to bat for me. Um, yeah. And that's really important in a co-working space. Um, so we, we all recognize that and we're all like super happy and fortunate to have that. Um, and so... Yeah, just like looking out for each other's best interests. Yeah. 
um, business wise, artistic wise, whatever, what like personally, yeah, personally as well. It's group therapy. It's yeah. Face face. Yeah. Um, I'm going to end all the questions with one last one. Where can people find you guys and like, what's next for you? Like, I know you guys don't have a website yet. So what, what's the best way to kind of get in touch with people at Boxfort? Um, yeah, probably Instagram. So we are at Boxfort Detroit. So at Boxfort Detroit, right? That's yeah. us. Yeah, just message us there and Billy and I are on all the Slack channels. So yep. like we'll talk about whatever. Yep. If you know my face and you're interested or either of our faces and you're interested <laughs> in learning more, you can reach out to us directly. For sure. Um, we really need to figure out our social media presence so that the other six members are better represented, but yeah. they're maybe a little bit more shy than we are. So we don't we don't push. Um but yeah, thank you for having us and it's been Yeah, awesome. thanks for being on. Um, and Jen, the second part of the question is like, what's next for you guys? Do you have any like big projects coming out? I'm working on site so I can buy a car. So that's what's next. For me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Next is, I mean, the holidays are coming up. So we're all just trying to finish stuff out up to there. Um, we're, we're really trying to do more. Um, we want more like box for content. So we're trying to do more collaborative projects between each other, even if we don't have paid work like that we're all working on. So we're really trying to get more stuff that we are going to be like, Hey, this is a box for a project. So we're really pushing that right now. All that bad social media influence of like, I'm not making enough work is now amplified by the fact that we have like a collective yeah. and we're all in school. So it's like, we have double the sort of double the artistic pressure to like make things, which is good. Cause at least for me, I thrive off of that. Um, but yeah, you know, totally. yeah, we're just taking it day by day, man. Yeah. We yeah. don't know what we are. We're figuring it out. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Well, I want to say thanks for coming on, of course. And then uh, at the end of every call, we just kind of do some links and inspiration. So if you guys have any links or inspiration you want to share, feel free to drop them in as well. Um, the first one I have is NodeFest is coming up. And that starts November 15th, I believe. Just double checking. Yeah, November 15th. So here's a link to that. Um, today, Antagma is back. They took off a few months from their season. So season four starts today. So if you're into Houdini and all that, their new episodes start now. And I think they, they usually do about 12 episodes um, for a quote-unquote season. So that's good. And then Marky dropped in that Division 5's new course is about to come up. Um, yeah, in the MDA Slack, there's a art direction channel, and uh, some people have been looking for resources with art direction and whatnot, and Carrie from Division 5 dropped in and dropped a link to a course that he's been working on that should be coming out in a few weeks called Visual Design Lab. Um, so keep your eyes and ears out for that one. Yeah, people don't know who Division 5 is and Carrie is, go check out everything else that Carrie's put out. Um, it's always high quality and they're, they're more like kind of self-deprecating, humorous, but also like very insightful masterclasses on the industry and different parts of the industry from design to putting together a reel and things like that. So mm -hmm. really, really great stuff from Carrie. Um, yeah, one ahead. last thing that I have, um, 
I signed up for Masterclass. Oh, the the like Masterclass site. Yeah. Yeah. Because it it has a thirty day money back guarantee or something or other. We'll see. Uh, but I started watching uh, directing with Ron Howard, and it's really interesting. Um, you know, obviously it's applying more to film and stuff like that, but you know, in the world we come from dissecting a script and really thinking about visual storytelling and stuff like that, like there's some really interesting pointers and just like, you know, tidbits in that, that, um, Ron Howard talks about and is really easy to relate to our type of work. So, um, I'll keep people posted on that, but I'm trying to devour some of that before that trial period is over in case I end up canceling it. But um, yeah, it was pretty interesting so far. And I watched some of the like beat making tutorials. Uh, There's some other filmmaking tutorials with like Spike Lee and uh, David Lynch has a, has a class same with Martin Scorsese. So it's pretty interesting, but um. Anyway, I'll keep you posted. Sweet. And then uh, just one more thing with hosting next week. Julie, you said you wanted to say something. Yeah, so I'll be hosting next week for my first time. Uh, But Rachel Reed from Gunner will be joining me. So we will be talking about um, kind of her being a cell animator, things that she really could benefit from when she works with other other artists. And also she wants to talk a lot about just all the different paths you can take, you know, in this animation universe so she's really cool and i love her and yeah so tune in sweet that's awesome that's a surprise for me i I didn't realize you had talked to rachel about that so that's awesome well i kind of just figured it out oh oh sweet (laughs) nice yeah yeah um so i think that's it as always you guys can email us any questions or concerns or topics at info at mondaymeeting.org we're all over social media at mondaymeeting um and yeah that's about it so thanks everyone for joining us and we'll see you next week at 10 a.m eastern time and julie will be doing her first host with rachel so that'll be awesome so have a great week everybody bye everybody